Prison Colony Resistance is brought to you by Sam and the Maxman Productions. the vax man with prison colony resistance we have a very special interview today the awesome monica smith is here with me today as well as sam sam how are you today i'm doing well what's going on mate i'm excited are you excited that monica's here to talk to us today um i did not sleep at all last night seriously i just well too excited i think the listeners are excited too let's not put off monica from uh coming and joining us today monica how are you today well, you know, I'm great. Thank you for having me on board and, and well done on the new podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Now, Monica, you are a re- uh, leader here in the resistance movement in Australia, in the prison colony. You're a fellow inmate like us. Um, no, no introduction that I could make would do justice to all of the great things that you're doing. So can you give us like a quick summary of who you are and what you're doing in the resistance? Yeah, well, um, my name is Monica Smith. Obviously, I, my background is in uh, real estate and uh, sales and things like that. So that's kind of what gives me my probably communication and networking skills. And um, really, I was just looking for purpose for around five years or so. And I did had no idea, you know, it would be in politics and, and influencing and these sorts of things. But, you know, it just it just happened uh, around June June, July 2019, I guess, um, a friend of mine, well, Morgan, who I'm now engaged to, um, was trying to hold a protest and it kept kept getting delayed because of COVID. And then um, he said, look, you know what? I won't hold the protest. I just want to go to Treasury Place, which is where Daniel Andrews works, um, you know, Monday to Friday with a megaphone and one camera person. That's all. And the police said no. And that was when it really struck me that it wasn't about health at all because, there's no danger in two people that already work together going outside to have their voices heard and film it. That's when I realized there was more going on really. Um, And so then I started Reignite Democracy Australia. It just started with an online protest because everyone was stuck in their homes and I felt the aggression and the anxiety rising within my communities. And I wanted to give them a way to have their voices heard and it went really well. And then it just kind of went on from there. Uh, I also kind of started Reignite Democracy to impress Morgan because he was an activist too. And that worked out really well too, because we're engaged. So um, that's pretty much how it all started. And then from then, I've literally just been chasing my tail, coming up with new ideas and trying to empower people and make them feel like, um, or help them feel like there is hope and we can't give up. So we do get a lot of letters here at PCR. We, we get a lot of letters saying, hey, I need to find love. I, I'm looking for someone. And we always tell them, you know, go out there, join a club. But really, you start a resistance movement and uh, someone out there is going to pop up. Well, congratulations on your engagement. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and well, you said Dan Andrews. Yeah. Now that's Victoria, right? Like Dan Andrews is a pretty, like he's one of the main characters on our show, right, Sam? And, and he, like Victoria uh, he, is a, is a basket case. Feature. He does feature quite prominently at times, but uh, we try to give every premier their their due course. Well, he's the worst. He, I mean, he's been followed pretty closely by McGowan, um, but um, but I think they're in a competition on who can be the most evil, and I don't know who's going to win. 
yet. And I think at a certain point in Melbourne, you were like the most locked down city in the world for the longest amount of time. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we were kind of, you know, uh, we've been quite immune to lockdowns here and we only get little little snippets of, you know, what is happening on the eastern states. You know, we know you're in lockdown. We know you can't do this. We know you can't do that. But no one, no one really talks about the the mental health side of things, how it impacts people, uh, the business side of things, how they're driving like mum and dad stores just into the ground. There is there is so much that needs to be spoken about, but it just gets shat on at every turn. So and this is this is why we're here doing what we're doing to to try and get people more aware and more comfortable in actually speaking up and against what's going on yeah it's really scary because i don't think the impact of what has happened um can be measured in any way uh we'll, we'll still be we'll still be seeing the effects 15 20 years maybe even longer um the the cognitive effect for children wearing masks all day and also having to see people wearing masks all day everything i mean some people say what if lockdowns worked okay let's say it actually worked and less people died from the flu or from COVID or whatever the heck it was. Let's just say that's true. My answer would be at what cost, you know? So we may have saved 500 lives, but they may have been people that have already lived their full life. And I don't care what anyone says, there is a, there, when you, when you put age into perspective, there is a different value on life. And that's, that's what I believe. And I don't think 20 year olds should suffer so that a 90 year old can, you know, live a few more years. Exactly. We're kind of sacrificing the young to protect the elderly. It's, it's absurd. It is. It's crazy. It's it's not right. And, but, you know, you touch on a long-term effect um, with young kids wearing masks, kids seeing parents who are dead mm-hmm. frightened of something who mask themselves up, but they let their kids walk around with no mask. It, it, you see the, the imbalance and the, the confusion that, that is going on here. You know, I, I am a father to a uh, 20 months old and uh, we made a very clear decision at the start of this no masks at all we yeah. are not we are not messing with him his mind or his body we're, we're just we won't we won't be held accountable to that mm-hmm. yeah I mean I I was in the shops the other day and this gorgeous um maybe I would say one year old um child did a almost a 360 with his head to look at me and gave me the biggest smile I've seen in a long time. And it hit me in the face. And I realized that it was because I was the only person around him not wearing a mask. He connected with me. And it was like, it wasn't just a smile, guys. It was one of those smiles that goes from ear to ear and makes you just want to like cry and like kiss a baby, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, it it was, it was quite a moment. So I felt sorry for that kid, you know? Yeah, oh, uh, mate, there's a lot of there's a lot of young kids, especially here. We're getting pumped with a lot of fear. Who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, under the in the age group, say, you know, two. I've seen toddlers in masks, and I it it hurts. You know, it 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 really does. There are viral videos out there of little kids, um, and they want to take the mask off when they're dropping them off at kindy, and the mom puts the mask back on, and the kid rips it off, and he's crying, and they're they're up in arms, and uh, um, and it's a shame because there is research that shows that at this point in their lives, children should be looking at faces and learning the minute differences between that emotion and this emotion, and how the muscles contract and expand to 
create this emotion, and that's been taken away from them. So, like you said, the cognitive decline in the future generations is is palpable. Um, one of our politicians that we've mentioned on the show is Ricardo Bossi, and he said in a lot of speeches that he gives that the the impact of what's happening now is going to be felt for at least two to three generations down the road. Look, it's impossible to say. Um because we just, we've never been through this before. So, um, you know, but I do think, you know, world wars that are bloody have a quicker uh, recovery than, than what we're going to have, because it's all, you can't, you can't see it with your eyes, the, the war, you know? And so it's so hard to explain. Sometimes you feel crazy. Sometimes I ask myself, am I overreacting? And then I'm like, no, you know, um, but you do second question yourself because you look outside and you see everyone just complying and looking the same and looking scared and you're like, am I alone? So this is so different and, and it's, we just don't know. We just don't know. There's the added complexity too of, of like you said, in war, you know that you're going to go and fight in the trenches, fight in a field with a gun. Maybe you might get shot. You might get physically injured. You might suffer PTSD, horrible things. But there isn't some sort of um, concoction that's being injected into your bloodstream that we do not know what it does to our mind, to our body. And we won't know for another 75 years if Pfizer has their way. So that's an added dimension to this whole thing. And the levels of oppression to put this into people's blood is what really kind of set off alarm bells in my mind, at least. Why are they so adamant about putting this into every single person's bloodstream? Um, and there's been a lot of protests. There's been a lot of uh, resistance, especially in Victoria on the streets of Melbourne. Videos have gone viral of the police really oppressing the, uh, the citizenry there. And we know that, uh, Monica, if we can say you were arrested for incitement, would you mind commenting on that for a bit? Sure. Well, I'll just give you a really easy example to understand what incitement is. Incitement is obviously supposed to be for serious crimes like um, robbery, murder, uh, I think things like that. So if I incite someone to commit a murder, I'm also, um, you know, a culpable for that crime. But in this case, it's kind of like we went driving and I convinced you to park in a no parking zone and you got a parking fine and I'm going to get charged with criminal charges because I encourage you to park there. This is how bad it, this is what it actually is because COVID restrictions are only finable offences. Okay, so if I encourage someone to go to a protest or break fine uh, restrictions or not wear a mask, their their punishment is only a fine. Okay, but I am being criminally charged for apparently, allegedly, uh, convincing people to break the COVID restrictions. So it's a joke, um, obviously. (laughs) So um, anyway, but yeah, I I was I was followed. I was arrested by seven uh, uh, unplainclothed investigative police, whatever. And um, the bail conditions were so bad that I rejected them and uh, went to prison for 22 days in solitary confinement. So no, no sunshine, no breeze, no nothing for 22 days because I didn't, well, one of the reasons was because I didn't want to get a PCR test, but they still should have let me out after that. And they didn't. So um, that's pretty interesting, but yeah, I'll just give you a quick synopsis on the, the, the reason I didn't sign the bail conditions. Like some people think, oh, you chose to go to prison because, you know, you didn't sign the bail conditions. Like, oh, yeah, because I really wanted to tick off going to prison on my bucket list. Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, um, no, (laughs) the reason I went to prison was because the bail conditions would have completely closed my entire organisation that I had worked blood, sweat and tears. Called integrity. That too. 
but yeah. I had seven, I had seven staff. I had a political party that would have all just completely crumbled in a heartbeat. And I would rather be running away in a prison cell than at my house with my barista coffee um, and not being able to speak because I signed bail conditions. So to me, there was really no choice. We've heard a lot of comments um, from the outside saying, hey, it's not so bad. Australia, you got the sun. It's the weather's beautiful. All you got to do is stay home for a bit. But I think your case is a canary in the coal mine, especially some of the bail conditions that were uh, imposed on you that you went to solitary confinement to protest. Uh, and if you don't mind, um, I have some of them here. I downloaded your uh, your bail variation hearing. Um, if I may, that's can the, I just uh, read a um, lawyer background? <laughs> this is uh, I just want to show uh, I want to read one one of the points that they wanted to put on one of the restrictions the bail conditions because I think it goes to show the level of oppression from the government to its citizenry this is one of them if I may uh, Monica it says you would be allowed bail as long as not to publish on any social media platform or any website or via any electronic communication service any material inciting any person to fail to comply with the chief health officer's directions or to allow a medium under her control in full or part to do so. That's insane. All of your social media had to be deleted or edited so that anything that you said for, uh, contrary to the chief health officer's mass mandates and directions Anything against that had to be deleted. That that to me sounds like censorship. No, actually, um, that that's not the that's not actually the worst one. Not to, uh, can, can you go down, please? Um, sure, sure. Um, okay, uh, okay no, bit, no, no, no. You've got to, mm -hmm. You've got to go to the last one. The that, last one. That, okay. That, that, that first one. No, the, the last one of that page. That one you just read me is basically saying you can't publish things to incite people to break the COVID restrictions. That is almost like okay in a way. But not to share, copy, or distribute in any way any material which incites opposition, opposition to the mm. chief health officer's directions. Now, this means that I am not allowed to dispute the directions. Now, that is the one that you want to focus on there. Does and that as make a sense? As a bail condition, if you did do something like that, they would they could rearrest you or put you back in jail. Well. And, and even the one ahead, all businesses, all, all business-related social media accounts and groups controlled in part or in full, I have 150 different groups, um, <laughs> need uh, by the accused are within 48 hours to remove any material which incite opposition. So any material that goes against the chief health officer's narrative had to be deleted. Now, that's impossible within 48 hours to actually read through everything. So basically I would have had to completely delete everything because that would have been the only safe option. So let me just put it to your audience here is that at the time I was the vice president of a political party, opposing the current restrictions and government would have been a part of my job description. So there's, so basically I was not allowed to speak with my words against the government. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So a, a political prisoner, you could say. Well, that's what I kept saying, um, you know, to all the prison guards. You know, like I said, the, the other one that you read is like, at least that's inciting actual action against the COVID restrictions, to break the COVID restrictions. But to incite opposition to the COVID restrictions is a communism thing altogether. But And then on top of, top of that, there was the curfew, you know, 7 p.m. Mm. 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 
for the until the trial, which could be two years away. Um, summer was just about to come. You guys know it stays light till 9 p.m. at night. I would not be able to go to summer night barbecues for two years. Like, what the heck? My lawyers have seen worse bail conditions with people um, running through houses with machetes and, and, and you know, mass. Ugh, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Well, if you're running Although through I, a house with a machete, you kill one person. If you're running through a house with COVID, that's, you know, you can kill hundreds of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> you can definitely hear the frustration in your voice and, you know, it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's definitely felt around the country. Um, I think the thing, you know, as I was, you know, kind of prepping for today, um, a lot of the, I don't know, older generation, I, I bring up your name and they look at me blankly like, who are you talking about? Do we, do we really have someone like this in Australia who was locked up for opposing government restrictions? And I say, yes, like you, like the, the level of censorship between media sites here is just running rampant. You know, mm. I could do a Google search for you and the only thing that comes up is anti-facts of this. Uh, what's another one? Wannabe reality TV star that. Um, yeah, but then, you know, I do a generic search for you in Telegram. And well, look, you know, you're talking with McCullough. You're talking with RFK. It, it just, I don't think there's, there's a, a big group of people that are not understanding what is actually happen, happening here in regards to media censorship and, and suppression. Mm. It's you, it's really scary, but you know. So, do sorry, you feel you that? Uh, did you feel that you were targeted, Monica? Did the government target you in particular? I guess that's what targeting is. But do you feel that that happened to you? Well, of course, yeah. It's obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they want to shut me up, and um, that's what they're going to keep trying to do. It's a compliment in some weird way, um, but it, but also it did the complete opposite to what they wanted to do. Because, because I went to prison, I've now got an international profile. Everyone knows my name and they want to speak to me all the time. Uh, so thanks for that, idiots. <laughs> so you've used that fire, uh, that fire of the belly that the, maybe the imprisonment caused, and you've really redoubled your efforts. And some of the, some of the stuff that you're doing on Reignite Democracy Australia, um, it's the website is reignitedemocracyaustralia.com.au. And some of the things that you have going on are amazing. Like, for example, if I may, you have template letters for people who are being mandated out of jobs. You have a video with a lawyer explaining how to put your application through the Fair Work Commission. You have different initiatives, such as the Together We Can initiative. Would you mind sharing some of the stuff that you're doing now to kind of help the resistance uh, fight all these mandates and directions? Sure. It's been a really hard journey, I'll be honest, because there is no way I thought that the mandate would come in. I did not think that would happen. And I was positive and I was like, it's fine. We're going to work it out. And turns out we didn't. And everyone got forced to take it. And that was a huge blow for, for me and my audience. And I feel like I did them a disservice by being um, actually too optimistic. It, it's my character to do that. But probably I, I, I didn't really think about that one closely enough. And when the mandate mandate actually started working, I was uh, pretty distraught for a few days uh, longer and I'm just trying to recover from that and just do small things that I know can actually work. Um, but yeah, so, so anyway, un under promise and over deliver is a good, a good way to be, but anyway, I'll explain a few, th few things. So the business directory has over 500 businesses in around Australia that um, 
a non-discriminatory, uh, the wording is, is legal, so they're not, they're not going to get in trouble, but, you know, they could get targeted too. That's just the nature of the beast that we're living in. Um, you've got RDA social, by the way, the businesses are doing very well on there. It's only $29 a year, like it barely costs the maintenance, you know, it barely covers the maintenance. RDA the, social is, yep. These are businesses that are um, that are vax-free friendly. Like if you don't have a mask or if, if you have a mask exemption, they're not going to ask you to show an exemption, that kind of thing. Well, do you want to go up just a little bit, scroll sure. up just a tiny bit, and I'll just like, so So there's only four points here. See, stop. Mm -hmm. uh, we understand that if someone has a medical condition that prevents them from wearing a mask, then, you know, et cetera, basically innocent till proven guilty, right? Uh, we trust that you use the QR code. Uh, it's your, you know, it's your business. Uh, we accept cash and we will not discriminate based on medical status. I think I should probably change that to um, we will not ask for medical, private medical information. Like you can have the sign there, but it's really up to the patron um, to comply, not the business owner to force compliance. So that's kind of what these businesses understand. Um, and yeah, and so that's great. Uh, RDA Social is um, a, a social media platform. Basically, we also have a phone app. I mean, it got kicked off the Google Store in within a week, but we still we still have we still have the file, so you can still download it to your Android. Um, but it is on Apple as well, and um, yeah, it's just a way for people to communicate. There's about ten thousand people on there, so that's pretty good. Nice. Um, getting there, it's pretty hard to build a media platform when you're competing against the likes of Facebook. Um, but anyway, um, and then we just have different initiatives and ideas, you know. We're telling people to threaten to stop paying their council rates. Um, you know, we have a action against the police um, that's being funded by the people. We've got Save Our Kids, which is like stickers and flyers and ideas and all that. Yeah. And and the trucks yesterday rolled out through Melbourne, which I saw. That um, very impressive. Um, and I, I hope mm. that I hope that got a lot of parents to actually kind of stop what they were doing and and and, and think. Look. Yeah, I, I hope so too. It's impossible to know the effect of these things, but it can't hurt. So absolutely give it a not. No, no, no. We're yeah. very impressed with with what you're doing. But yeah, we've got some um, massive things happening uh, next year, um, at which you guys will find out about soon. But um, it's uh, it's game changing, like global stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm sick of running around like a headless chicken, putting out these spot fires while our enemy laughs at us while we're running around like crazy. Really, we need to start thinking about the source of the fire instead of, you know, all the spot fires. So I'm really thinking big now and, I, and I'm and i not getting distracted by the little stuff anymore. So It does feel that way. It feels like we're, we're treating the symptoms rather than the disease. Uh, sorry to mm -hmm. talk like that, everyone, in the middle of a pandemic. But um, we do see this, this particular mandate and then we go and try to deal with that and we protest and we rally and it passes anyway and people quit or people stay and they get vaccinated. And then this other mandate comes out and then this, and we are, we run to these fires and we try to put them out. But like you said, it keeps happening. And as we're distracted over here, they're doing it over there. And it kind of feels that way now with this, um, in case you're outside of the prison colony, you might've seen this in your newsfeed that there's a certain tennis player called Novak's <laughs> who has come in and which, you know, as the Vax man, I take offense to that because, you know, but Novak's has come into the country to play tennis and he was arrested because his visa exemption. And I'm sure everyone's kind of followed the story, but that's been um, the, the main issue in the news as they have a bill in Canberra that's talking about the same kind of actions that Dan Andrews can now do in Victoria about changing the pandemic settings, putting people in quarantine at the drop of a hat. And all of that is happening as we're focused on this tennis player and all of the things that are happening there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just like that.
Yeah, it's just like that, but it's happening on a, on a big scale everywhere all the time. And, and also running around, putting out the spot fires makes you tired as well. Um, and, you know, if we keep doing that for another year, like who's going to be left to fight? The good thing is, though, is new people, new energy comes on board all the time. And that's really encouraging to see yep. because uh, some of us have been there from the start. And, yeah, we, we're, we're still working hard, but we're trying to focus on the bigger things so we're not on the ground as much, you know. And so other people come up and fulfill that spot, and it's really beautiful to see because yeah, I can't soldiers, go. I, mean, I can't soldiers go anywhere. coming up, you know. you got soldiers coming yeah. through. You know, it's um, you, you inspire people to, you know, get a voice out there and yeah slowly we we build and we build and we need to stand together that's one of the reasons that sam and the vax man took up the podcast um, format because we we've been in the game from the beginning but we've just kind of done it personally and we've been resisting in our own little fort and telling our co-workers don't do this and sam actually refused to be uh, vaccinated and he lost his job as a healthcare worker down here in south australia mm. yep so this is this is what I do now. We 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 podcast and we try to get you know we're trying to get as many people on here to talk about you know absolutely anything. You know nothing is is off limits, um, but just to get another platform, another voice out there that people can access and feel comfortable talking to us. You know we 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 will listen. That's and that's that's what we're here to do. Um, you know, we, we don't take ourselves too seriously because if you take take this stuff too seriously all the time, you go crazy. So we kind of try to, you know, poke fun at the at the ridiculousness that, that that's out there. Yeah, you can't try to make sense of it because you literally go crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Literally. Absolutely. And that's what they want. It's like, yeah. but why why is this happening over here and not over there? And why can I why do I have to walk into the restaurant with my mask on? But when I sit down, it's fine. And then I say to them, I'm like, well, I'm going to sit down right there. It's two meters away. So <laughs> just let me sit down. Then it's fine. No, no, you have to have the mask on when you're standing up. It's like, guys, guys, what? obviously you haven't listened to the chief health officers. The reason children don't need to wear masks is because they're four, uh, you know, one meter tall, which is the height that you're at when you sit down. That's why the virus can't get you. Everyone, everyone knows this, guys. Come on. Uh, yeah. and, makes and you dancing. crazy and, and you know no no dancing no singing um you know i've said before we are the town from footloose here no one's been allowed to dance for for many a month and and people are getting people are getting slightly annoyed you know well we promised we'll promise this that at this percentage and guess what it hasn't come to fruition it's this weird thing like sometimes i hear neighbors having fun and the first thing i first thing that pops into my head is why are you having fun we're not allowed to have fun anymore like <laughs> We've really been um, psychologically damaged by all of this. It's uh, and the dancing and and the standing up and the sitting down. It's it's there's no there's no logic to it. But they're trying to psychologically program us to not expect logic and to just let it go, even if it makes no sense. So we're just stopping to question, not questioning things anymore, not doing any of that. And you just you don't even know if you can plan a a, a birthday party, a, a sleepover, a, a wine at the bloody winery down the road you don't know if anything you plan will actually go ahead it's psychologically torment tormenting um so yeah south yeah, australia yeah, we're known for our wines down here in south australia we have the clare valley the barossa the mclaren and there are some vineyards that uh you have to be double vaccinated to enter into the vineyard and drink their wine um Bur uh, what is it friend in hand is one of the the first ones uh, that started this whole uh, bird, uh vaccination bird requirement in, bird in hand bird, there you go bird in hand. Um, well, I won't a be lot of, that as, uh, as you said, Monica, 
the some of the like people having fun, your neighbors, and a lot of these um, these uh, notices uh, by the government um, and these fines that they issue are issued because neighbors call the government and call the police and tell the police that their friends are their neighbors are having friends over and then the police come and give them fines. Uh, so we have been conditioned to start, you know, ratting on our neighbors uh, and uh, it's it's crazy. This is this used to be the country of brotherly love, the lucky country. And now it's a country of if you see someone not wearing a mask, go tell someone because they're going to get fined. Um, so it's great that you're building community. It's great that you're trying to build a resistance to all of this madness, like you said. Um, is there anything in the future that we can help you out with? Anything that you want to plug, pitch, tell us about uh, what movements, what, what future endeavors you're involved with? Well, I think we all need to focus on the federal election. Um, it doesn't matter who you want to support, though, like whether it's UAP or if Australia One actually gets, you know, independent candidates or IMOP or GAP or whatever it is, um, you know, my fiance is running for UAP. So I, it's really hard for me to hide any my biasness, right? I'm not going <laughs> to even, I'm not going to even try. However, um, I love the other parties too, the LDP, Liberal Democrats parties, and I hope they all do well. And so whatever group you've got or whatever um, energy you've got left around March, April, whenever it's called, um, pick someone who you want to support and do whatever you can to help them. That's what we need to do because I know that there's a there's a school of thought that the government's corrupt and you can't you know pledge your allegiance to the queen and and be a part of that corrupt system but you I totally disagree you need to get into the corrupt system to then change it from the inside so that we can make it not corrupt how else are we going to do it so all these other spot fires that we're running around nothing is going to get better unless we can change policy from the top you know then you can go from, and the reason I'm annoyed is because there's so many people that are, that are just like, oh, you know, we're, we're not going to vote. We're going to put a big red line through our mm, ballot no, paper. No, 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 well, no, you've got no. the right to do that, but that's, I just really disagree with it. I understand yeah. it's a corrupt system, but it's the system we have. Even democracy itself is corrupt, but it's the best out of the lot. So let's just make the most of it. So I would suggest highly that all these spot fires don't matter if we cannot change anything in government. And if we can't, if we can't get a big change in the federal government this time or in November in, in Melbourne, because Melbourne is the worst, Melbourne is the worst state, right? So if we can't get a protest vote happening here, um, Australia might actually be doomed. would throw my hat into the ring and run at the next federal election. And I'm on my way to doing that. Yes, I know. You know, why not? With who? I, I'm going to keep that just Top secret. a little be under my hat at the moment <laughs> at the moment but tell me offline I, I won't tell anyone i will do that absolutely um but we are there are there are some good things happening and you know i me personally i could completely embarrass myself i could bring shame upon my family but you know what you need to have your voice heard inside the machine and like you said i completely agree with what you say you need to get inside the machine to actually change what is happening mm. right? that's like, what i think i mean I don't no, know. I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, but like there's been people running around putting notices on buildings and <laughs> it's like, I love their initiative. Trust me. But yep. no one gives a flying pig yep. about. Oh, no, a you can swear, paper. please don't censor yourself oh. here. No, my parents would, would be mortified. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, they're listening. That's good. So, 
So, so, you know, um, I still respect my parents, you know, most people should, uh, they should want to make them proud, you know, but anyway, uh, look, I love their initiative, but it's like, oh, we'll just put this notice on and then it, we, we own this building and, and, and they're trespassing and it's great. We're going to just take over the government, It'll make our own government. It's like, well, what's your plan exactly? I don't know. Um, it's, it's actually false hope. I feel like it's actually giving people false hope. And I said already earlier on that I was a, I also did that to my people and I feel terrible about it. I'm trying to make up for it, but I don't think they're admitting it. Um, and it's, it's actually quite, it's, I wouldn't say that they're purposely being controlled opposition. I think they have really good intentions, but they're actually distracting a lot of people. Um, and it's, it's a problem. The reason I've become quite stark on the federal election is because we had 700,000 people on the streets in Melbourne once, 700,000. That's potential, That's over 10% of the entire Victorian population, the entire Victorian population, not just the voting people. So if there was 700,000 people in the streets, imagine how many people at home agreed with those 700,000. It could be five times that amount, which could potentially be 80% of the entire voting population of Australia, of Victoria, was against the, pan the pandemic bill, okay? And guess what? It went through. So the reason I'm saying that is because back in the old days before censorship and everything, 2% of a population can, can create a peaceful revolution. That is no longer the case, okay? Because the people do not care about the majority, which concerns me that they have some sort of plan for fraud, fraudulent voting, um, because it just makes no sense that they don't care about all what these people think and how out of touch they are with their voters. But that's why I'm saying like, protests are great these initiatives um putting these notices of liabilities they're all great they all they all add momentum and they're great for the people because it connects people it empowers people it's a great day out i know i love that sort of stuff but it's our responsibility as maybe the people who have been in this for a long time to let i don't want to say the people because i don't feel like i'm better than anyone else but let them do that to empower themselves but i think leaders really need to start thinking on the bigger scale on the bigger picture um, so that we can bring something to the table that actually makes a difference because we've pretty much lost everything on the way. So that's why I'm that's why I'm focusing on different things. Yeah. There it is, everyone. So get out there, vote, find a candidate, be part of the change that helps Australia get out of this prison colony setting, this mindset that we've adapted ourselves to uh, over the last two years. Um, thank you, Sam, for joining us today. Uh, it was great talking to you again. Uh, I'll see you for our recording tonight. And Monica, thank you so much. It's not only a pleasure, but it's also a privilege to be in your company and to hear some of the inspiration that you um, you convey, even through a Zoom meeting. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Good luck with the show. This has been Prison Colony Resistance, where you come to get your PCR test for, for truth. truth.